Can you turn in your Bibles to John chapter 8? John chapter 8. I want to talk about freedom this morning. Do you know that you are free? You are free. Look to somebody, look them in the eye and say, you are free. Look at somebody and say, you are free. Justin, you are free. All right. After, after the sermon... We're going to pray for people that need some freedom. In John chapter 8, verse 36, it says, If the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Those are written in red. What I find with Jesus is the words of Jesus are sure certain, and true. Jesus walks into situations and he states facts that other people were struggling with or other people were living contrary to. When he did the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, it said after he finished, they were amazed at the words that he spoke and he spoke them with authority. And when Jesus spoke words, he didn't speak them to negotiate with people. He didn't say, I've got this idea. It's been running around in my head. I'd like to just throw it out there and let's see what sticks. He didn't act that way. He came and he spoke the word And he said, if the Son has set you free, you're free indeed. And what's amazing is the interaction that Jesus has. There's multiple times when Jesus has an interaction with people, and I find it hilarious that he speaks to people, they applaud him, they say he's great, they say it's amazing, and then you keep reading, and about six, seven, eight verses later, they want to stone him. And sometimes the things he said, people weren't ready to accept or they couldn't figure it out within their frame of mind or within their paradigm. So this morning, I want to mess with you a little bit and I want to say, you're free. You're free. You're free. You're free from those harassing thoughts that keep you up at night. Because the Son has set you free. In Luke 4, verses 18 and 19, it says Jesus goes and he sits in the synagogue and he pulls up the scroll and he reads out of Isaiah. And he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he says to to preach deliverance, to release captives, to declare the year of the Lord. And and as he says it, they are amazed at him. 
And they're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he continues and he speaks to them and he challenges them. And it challenges their thoughts so much that they couldn't accept what he said. And they wanted to stone him. They wanted to throw him out of the temple. And we've been looking at the phrase, on earth as it is in heaven. And one of the aspects of the reality of heaven impacting our life is that you are free from the sin and from the guilt and from the demands of the past, and you are free now because you are a son and a daughter of the king. God is passionate for you and I to experience the reality of heaven on earth. He is passionate for it. Not only is God passionate, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, but the Father is passionate about it. It says, when Jesus taught them how to pray, and we talked about this a little bit, but I'm amazed at this. To me, the most theologically sound prayers you can pray are prayers that you find in the Bible. And one of the best ones is when the disciple said, could you teach us how to pray? And he says, listen, guys, if I was in your position, this is how I would do it. So we have God with us saying, this is how I would pray. Our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your name is majestic. Your name is great. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, his kingdom is come, and in heaven, his will is done. There is no dispute. It is done. And what he's saying is, that's what I want you to pray so that it happens here. And one aspect of that is walking in freedom. I understand walk, walking. I understand sometimes the conflicts that we have and the conversations we have because I sometimes have those conversations in my head as well. I feel shame. I, I experience that awkward moment where should I send this person a text message to encourage them after about a week no. Then it goes into two weeks. Then it's like, okay, now if I send it to him, is it going to be kind of awkward? Well, then I don't think I'm going to send it. And then three or four weeks go by, and it's a, oh, no. And, 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 and you get these little plays going on in your mind, in your head. Well, the last time I walked into that room, they all stopped talking. And they just looked at me. I walked into the room. Everybody was laughing and cheerful. I opened the door. I put my foot in, and everybody stopped. You know why? Because they were talking about me. They were laughing about me, and they were just saying nasty things about me. And, and, and we play that out in our mind. And the funny thing is we don't stop there. It'd be one thing to stop at that part, but then what happens is our mind goes... Oh, the next minute. Do you know what? Not only were they that, 
but did you see those two people in the corner? They were still chatting. And every once in a while, they'd look at me. Not only that, but, huh, maybe that's why last week, when I walked in the door, nobody shook my hand. Oh, and if I go back another month, (laughs) Pastor David preached a sermon, and do you know what? He looked right at me, and he pointed his finger, and because of that, oh, he told this person, and that person told that person, and then they had this big party, and when I walked in, they stopped laughing, and they looked at me, and, and we play those games in our... You don't have to wave your hand, but I'm pretty sure we've played those games. I'm a pastor. I get around other pastors. How many people do you got in your church? What's happening in your church these days? What light shows do you have? How many projectors do you have? It's, and, and if we're not careful, we fall into a trap and we don't live a free life. We live a life that is bordered or bounded and, and we start to live within limits. And this morning, Pastor Daniel, I don't know if he had a worship service, or if he had a prophetic service. I mean, he just was nailing and hammering and hammering. We need to have a trust and a belief in what God says. Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? Who do other people say that I am? Your view of God is important. If you believe he sets you free, that's important. If you believe that he's limited and maybe he didn't quite set you free, you know what? That's where you will live and that's the box that you will stay in. He asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you're the son of God. And he says, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but the father which is in heaven. Your view of God, your belief of God is important. So look at somebody now and say you're set free. And look at them again. And now the person that said it to you, you look back at them and say, do you believe it? Jesus was constantly showing people, the kingdom, principles, the laws of the kingdom, and the will of the Father. Constantly. Every single interaction he had with individuals on earth revealed the Father's intent for what it looked like to have heaven on earth. Every single one. Whether it was a miraculous or whether it was telling people how to live. Because sometimes living the way God tells us is a miracle in itself. That was supposed to have a couple laughs. Come on. Sometimes the miracle is if I can just keep my mouth shut long enough to hear what God's telling me. Sometimes the miracle is just living the way God wants us to live. The supernatural sometimes is just being natural in a super way. 
when you experience the freedom that Christ has for you, it puts the control of that freedom of how you live, and listen to this, in your hands. Because if the, he says, if the Son has set you free, you're free indeed. So he has set you free. So now the control of what you receive from that phrase is actually in your hands, not in God's hands. He's released it to you, and he says, you're free. I have found in my experience relating with people, pastoring people, having conversations with people, God's not the problem. It's our thinking that limits God that creates the problem. What you believe about God, your view on him, as one person would say, if it's a high view, you will have a high expectation. If it's a low view, you will have a low expectation and you will miss out on what he has for you. I want to make this statement and then I want to read a few things that I believe God wants to free you from and then we're going to pray. I'm actually pretty close to my time. I said pretty close. Freedom is more than the ability to do whatever you want. Sometimes we think freedom is the ability to do whatever we want. And I believe there is a freedom that is the ability to do what I want. But the freedom that Christ brings for you is more than that. The freedom he brings is the ability to not have to do whatever used to control you. And there's a difference. So if you have an addiction, is God bigger than that addiction? Then you're set free from it because he says you're set free. I think the premise we need to start from is the premise that the word says you're free indeed. How you walk it out is very important and there are practical steps in how to walk that out. But he has set you free. The ability to not have what used to control you, control you. Have you ever experienced, man, I just had to say that. Have you ever said, it's just the way I am. Well, he did that to me and I just couldn't control myself. Yes, you can because you are set free and that thing that used to do to control you no longer controls you because you are free from that therefore when that person says that or does that I no longer react the way I used to react but now I am free from that reaction and that control and that demand and I can free to respond the way Christ wants me to respond can I make it real practical and get in your face? Husbands and wives. Have you ever had a conversation that 
was a little bit more loud than a conversation. What one of you thought was, I'm just expressing my thoughts, the other one thought you were chasing and pointing fingers and putting them in a corner and setting in their place. I mean, I never had it myself. My wife and I, we never have agreements or disagreements that are agreements that are thought as disagreements. We're always in agreement. But I've heard, I've heard that every once in a while, person, a husband, or a wife could say something, and I'll use this word because it's a common word these days, it triggers something inside of you. They said, I always leave the door open, and yesterday, I closed it once. So how dare you say, I always. You never give me a chance to speak. I don't know about you, but when I have conversations like that, I get a lot of thoughts in my mind. A lot of responses. And I have to stop because if I'm not careful, I'm going to do what I used to do. But it's in that moment, and I've had this, I've experienced this, where I've said, no, I am free. I am free from how I used to respond. And I'm not going to respond like that. Because the sun has set me free. And that used to control me. I used to be a hothead. I used to flip just like that. I was worse than a light switch. I would go just, just at the mere thought. And I would be ready to tangle. I'd be ready to drop my gloves. I'd be ready to do this. I'd be ready to act this way. I'd, no, I don't act that way anymore. Why? Because the sun has set me free. And if he has set me free, I am really, 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 really free. I'm free from the harassment in my mind. A lot of these things I have found happen up here. In the cranium, before they happen with my hands or my mouth. So I want you to close your eyes for a second, and I want to speak some thoughts. And why I want to close your eyes is I want you to remove distractions, and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak. And if he pinpoints something, Allow him to pinpoint it. This is not a place where we're picking on people. This is where God will talk with us. He frees you from harassment. Your mind does not have to race 100 miles an hour. Anxiety. He frees you from the anxiety of what am I going to do? The sun 
the Son has set you free. He set you free from the requirements or the tendencies or the expectations people put on you that were not the expectation of Jesus and the Father over you. He has set you free from, I always do this. He set you free from, I cannot control myself. I just have this urge to do something. I'm telling you here, Jesus has set you free. Your view of God is important as we talk right now. Because either you will allow him to speak to you or you will say, no, this is all in my control because God is not able. He has set you free from those that accuse you in your mind. He has set you free from feeling like you're a hypocrite when he has saved you, healed you, delivered you, cleansed you, forgiven you, and redeemed you. He set you free from the bondage that you feel like you cannot even escape or get out of that mess. The demand and the urges are so strong, and I'm here to tell you, the Son has set you free. Whether it's a chemical dependency, whether it's a habitual dependency, whether it's a verbal dependency, whether it's an abuse dependency, whatever it is, he has redeemed you and set you free from that. I have found as a pastor... But I've also found, as a son of God, the place I must start, the place that I must start in my reconciliation and in my redemptive thoughts must be, what does Jesus say? What does the Word of God say? From there, study the Word of God, and I believe He gives you the answers and the reasons and the ability that you will not only say that he set me free, but here's how I can live that out. You read the Gospels, Jesus says these things, and then you read the epistles and you find out how to apply that to your life. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians talks about putting away and put on. So you are set free. You are set free. Say, I am set free. I am set free. And I will walk set free. Now, time does not give me space or place to go into all the practical aspects. But let me tell you, walking in freedom is key to living in freedom. So, so, as we're going to pray in a moment,
start with the premise. Start with the truth that you are set free. And some of you, even as I say that, are already saying, yeah, but. Get rid of the buts. Get rid of the buts and say, I am set free. I can rest, I can put my head on the pillow at night and I'm not going to have 300 different reasons for this or that to happen, but I'm going to put my head on the pillow and I can say tonight when I go to bed, I'm going to say, I am set free. And then walk in your freedom. And how do you do that? You take the word of God and you declare it over your life. You take the word of God and you see the instructions in the word of God. Flee youthful lusts. The appearance, avoid the appearance of evil. Don't let unwholesome communication come out of your mouth. That's biblical, practical counseling right there. You want to walk in freedom? Renew your mind. Renovate the thinking in your mind and say to yourself, even if you have to stand in front of the mirror and point at yourself and say, I am free. I am free. I am free. You say, well, that's ridiculous. No, you need to start declaring God's word over your life. And then you walk it and you live it. Amen? Do you receive that this morning? I'd like to pray for you. Why don't we stand? Just everybody stand where you are. What I'd like you to do, if you could for a moment, close your eyes. If you have to balance yourself, put your hand on the chair and balance yourself. But close your eyes for a moment. And if there's an area in your life that you're struggling to see the freedom of God, could you just raise your hand and you can lower it. You don't have to keep it up. Okay? If there's an area in your life that you say, you know what, I could, I could really experience the freedom of God for my life. And then you can lower it. You don't have to keep it up. I want to pray for you right now. What I'd like now is if we could all, all of us together, raise our hands as an act of surrender and as an act of faith of opening ourselves up to receive. Even if you've never done this before, you're not a hypocrite if you do it. What you're doing is this is a posture of opening up to God. And I'm just going to ask him to pour his life, his freedom and his release into you. So, Father, as our hands are raised, every one of us, and for those that identified and said, there's an area in my life that I could experience or walk in that freedom even in a greater way, Lord, I ask right now, Holy Spirit, just come right now. Break the lie and replace it with your truth. And I command those thoughts, those ideas, those conversations that happen to leave now and for indecision to leave and for stability to come in its place.
I speak that and I declare that over everyone here this morning and over those who had raised their hands, that they would grow in a greater sense of peace, strength, purpose, and anointing because their mind is made up and they experience the freedom that you bring. In your precious name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. Please give someone a hug.